This is Andy Thomas from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we discover what it means to be a wholehearted man. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. It's the Santa Claus's coming to town theology. Now, he knows when you've been sleeping, which is wrong in my book. Right out of the chute, that is not acceptable. I don't care who you are. You don't be watching me wake up in the middle of the night. Ah, Santa, what are you doing in here? All my friends know the low rider. The low rider is a little higher. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. No Jonathan Edwards and Daniel of Daniel chapter 9 were low riders. <laughs> yeah, you heard me correctly today on the Christian Car Guy show. Jonathan Edwards and Daniel were low riders. So, yes, today's show is brought to you by Hebrew Letter, as you might guess. And today's Hebrew Letter is a Hebrew Letter Tav. And oh, we're going to get into that so very, very much. But at the very beginning of that intro, you heard. John Lynch talking about Santa Claus, and you're going to hear a lot about that in a second. That was from a video called True Faced. It's on YouTube, and what, by the way, it's at uh, ChristianCarGuy.com. If you want to watch the whole thing, it's worth all 41 minutes of Believe Me. And then the movie, the, the song War, with its amazingly meaningful, full of wisdom lyrics, as I have thought about them all day since I began to study them. It's from 1975. Again, the band was called war but the the show was the excuse me the song was called lowriders so yeah we're going to get to jonathan edwards and his 70 resolutions and we're going to go to daniel chapter 9 but first i'm going to take 3 minutes which is well worth it in my opinion and listen to john lynch on this whole idea of lowriding uh, from a santa claus perspective and so this will be 3 minutes very remarkable stuff right here as early as we can remember, we have performed for acceptance. If I'm good enough, if I'm talented, diligent, beautiful, together enough, right, correct enough, I will be loved and accepted and blessed and happy, and if not, I will be rejected and receive a lousy life. You know what it is? It's the Santa Claus's coming to town theology. You see, we created Santa Claus because we couldn't handle God. Truth is, we can't handle Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, you better watch out, better not cry, better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice, maybe three times. You're going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> now, he knows when you've been sleeping, which is wrong in my book. Right out of the chute, that is not acceptable. I don't care who you are. You don't be watching me 
wake up in the middle of the night, ah, Santa, what are you doing in here? Get out of my bedroom, there's no business. I don't care if you're jolly and sassy, get out. There it is. The culture created it. Figure that out, get it, grab hold of it. Let that permeate your life and we sing it over and over because we believe it. There is someone watching. And your value is on how much you do right and how little you do wrong. And, and he's constantly writing down the wrong that you've done for future reference to bring up again to you. And if you're naughty, no soup for you, only coal. And he's gonna find you out Oh, and this omniscient, controlling legalist, he's coming to town. So you better watch out. You better fear this guy. You better stop your crying and sniveling. You better not pout. You better put on a good face. You better act like you're somebody different than who you actually happen to be. No matter how you feel, you better put on a good show. Because you are constantly on trial. And if you want good things to happen to your life, you better figure out how to keep this guy pleased. It is genetically wired into us since the fall. We learn early on how to perform, how to do the dance. The highest value is being accepted, and it appears the means of that acceptance on this planet is performance. And performance is hard because I fail. It's another result of the fall is the assumption that nobody else fails quite like me. Isn't that right? I assume that you guys have it together and that I'm failing in a particular, unique, singular way. So I, I cannot recommend high enough to everyone that, that you watch that entire video. Um, it is, is fantastic. It's called True Faced. And if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you look at my post for today, you'll see that there's a link there with John Lynch and the whole thing. But the idea is... Interestingly, you're going to go, Robbie, how's that connected to low writing? Well, the, the idea he's talking about is grace. And grace says that you were given salvation, not on your merit, but on what Jesus's merit was, and, and not on some place where you are. And of course, Jesus said, you know, never take the high seat at the table, always take the low seat at the table. And that's the idea of low writing today. As we head into 2024, uh, you know, where are we coming from? Are we coming from a high place or a low place? And so as we are looking at our own performance, are we looking at Jesus's performance? And again, I, I stand amazed at some of the people we stand on their shoulders. And so one of those people, if you're an American, that we stand on their shoulders is Jonathan Edwards. And he wrote 70 resolutions, which again, I, I recommend all 70 by all means that people look at them. But, you know, we're talking about New Year's and resolutions and that kind of stuff from what most people are. And so his number eight resolution actually caused me to just gasp, like, oh, my goodness. And I love what C.S. Lewis said. If we every once in a while will get a good whiff of our inner cesspool, <laughs> of our own inner cesspool, right, it really helps us to have grace for other people. And I think that's very connected to what Jonathan Edwards' eighth resolution was, and I'll read this to you. It says, he resolved to act in all respects, both in speaking and doing, as if nobody had ever been as sinful as I am. And when I encounter sin in others, I will feel, at least in my own mind and heart, as if I had committed the same sins or had the same weaknesses or failings as others. I'll use this knowledge of their failings to promote nothing but humility 
even shaming myself. I will use awareness of their sinfulness and weakness only as an occasion to confess my own sins and miseries to God. Now, I know there's people out there when they hear that word shame, they immediately, they, they throw up their hackles and they're like, oh my gosh, Robbie, did you just say that shame could be a good thing? Well, let's listen to what Daniel had to say because, you know, this comes from Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. And, and actually, once again, I couldn't recommend high enough that you read the entire prayer that Daniel prayed. And you can't admit his prayer was completely fruitful because immediately an angel came to talk to him. <laughs> like, if you want a, a beautiful prayer, a, a great example of how to do that, I, I think it is. But listen to the very end of the prayer right before the angel shows up. He says, oh, my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city in which called by their name, for we do not present ourselves, our supplications before thee for our own righteousness, but for thy great mercies. And actually, if you go up there and read two verses above that, and I can't quote them exactly, but I recommend you do, you'll see how... Daniel goes into great length to talk about the shame that he was feeling based on what he considered to be his brethren had sinned, but he was feeling their shame because we all are part of the same team. (laughs) And so to some extent, you know, if we truly are bearing one another's burdens, you know, there, there's a certain level of shame that, that apparently Daniel felt it was okay to try to, 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 to take that into a situation of where before God, I'm not wearing a mask. I realize that Americans do not have their act together. I realize as an American, I bear a certain amount of responsibility for all these shenanigans. And, and, and God, I need your help, right? It's going to be your righteousness that makes this right, which is what he just says. It's not going to be based on anything that we did or that you owe it to us for all our goodness. <laughs> it's going to be on your great mercies. And the neat thing about that word mercy right there, in Hebrew, that word is rahab, and it has to do with a mother's womb. And when you think about it, you're God's kids, right? (laughs) I mean, you just are. And so to an extent, you're one of his favorites. And so as one of your favorites, he wants you to rise above the shenanigans and become who you were meant to be. But it starts out from a position of low riding, not from a position of I got it figured out, right? And I can't learn much if I think I already know this stuff. Well, I keep learning and I hope you do. And I'm wondering what this conjures up. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. We would love to hear from you. 866-348-7884. We're low riding today on the Christian Car Guy Show. I got Bill Mixon too. Wait till you hear this. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Wake up in the middle of the night. Ah, Santa, what are you doing in here? All my things. The low rider. The low rider is a little higher. Jonathan Edwards and Daniel were low riders today on the Christian Car Guy Show. We would love to know, you know, as you head into 2024 and you think about these resolutions, are you riding high? Are you riding low? So I 
I got Bill Mixon with me, my good friend. We've been f- friends for years and years and argued many of these points for years and years. We discussed. <laughs> Let's say we discussed. We that. argued. There's no doubt about it. Ask Nick. He was in there. But anyway, <laughs> here's here's the wisdom of this song, Lowrider, okay? Now, here's some guy. Yeah, Bill's, once again, he's looking I at me like. I read the lyrics. I, for I those of you watching on Facebook, you can, see, you can see Bill's face. To more go. impressed with the song before I read the lyrics. Okay, well, let's just think now what they say. Okay, here you go. All my friends know the low rider. That's good. All right? The low rider is a little higher. Again, he, he who gives up his life will lose it, or he who sits at the lowest pay, pay the table will be, you know, brought up. In other words, it's God that's going to bring you up. It's not you. And so... The low rider is a little higher, even though it looks lower. Just saying. I'm just going there. I, I think that's wisdom from war, in my opinion, okay? And then if you're the Christian car guy, you love this next line. I know you did, Bill, because it says the low rider drives a little slower. <laughs> yeah. I thought about you when I read that. <laughs> Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. In other words, when you're walking with God, it's it's... it's it's trying to figure out, and really one of the most helpful things for me last year was to, to break the agreement that God didn't give me enough time in any given day to do what he had for me to do that day. In other words, I walk around anxious all day. I'm behind on this. I got to do that. Oh, I got this radio show here in 10 minutes. You know, whatever my situation is, I begin to feel anxious. And now, honestly, as that anxiousness begins to rise, it's sort of like a, a low oil pressure light going off in my soul. So tell me, Robbie... You're anxious. Do you think you don't have enough time to do what God has for you to do today? I mean, really? And, and, and so I'm just saying, low rider drives a little slower. But then listen to the next line. Low rider, he's a real goer. I know that it rhymes. <laughs> well, he's ridden on all those streets. He knows them all. But he's, what he's saying is when you go slower, you're still going, okay? You appreciate more, you realize more, you see more. Right. Yeah, and then you're right, the next street, you're not lowrider knows every street, and lowrider is the one to meet. Well, you just think about that. When I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Daniel or Jonathan Edwards or somebody that really considers themselves in a lower position than you, is interested in what you have to say, feels like they can learn from you, feels like you're an important person in their life, he's the one to meet, yeah? Time of refreshing, a light on the hill. Right. So I know you. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Am I stretching it, or is this is this good 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 stuff here on, on the low rider? Sorry, I was getting myself ready. <laughs> can you repeat the question, please? I said, well, now that you're hearing all this on the low rider, don't you think this is wisdom? Great wisdom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great wisdom for sure. All right now. And there's more, especially if you're the Christian car guy. There's not a lot of verses here, so right. you know, we don't have to go all that far. repeated quite a few times. Yeah. The low rider don't use no gas now. Okay. Low rider don't drive too fast. Well, just think about the wisdom of that. Right? That's telling you he walks every day. <laughs> I was picturing him coasting downhill, but okay. <laughs> However, it works, man. I'm just saying, I, I'm impressed by the low rider, and and, and I'm I'm fully convinced 
that Daniel, Paul, right? Oh, what a wretched man I am. And King David, when he said, you know, my soul cleaves to the dust. Moses, right? He, he was the most humble man in his time, right? And so you got lowriders, which is connected to the Nav, right? And so as we're, as we're heading into, you know, 2024, to me, as we think about John Lynch, you know, Santa Claus is not coming to town. God is your father, right? And he loves you and he wants to bring out the best in you and he's gonna work with you. But if you start to think that this is based on my performance in one shape or another, you are, right? You're, you're yeah, on a treadmill. You disappoint yourself. Right, right, right. So then he says, of course, he, f- he finishes up with take a little trip, take a little trip and see, take a little trip, take a little trip with me, right? A- and to me, that's community, right? It's one thing to be a low rider all by yourself out there and to enjoy going slow and all those things, but it's quite another thing to be part of a strong community of believers that dearly love you and you dearly love them. Their problems, your problems, you know, one of my favorite stories always will be, you know, when I was crushed between the two cars and I needed a wheelchair ramp. And my house had a deck that was, you know, like 20, 30 feet off the ground. Whatever it was, it was really high. And it was going to take a, 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 a wheelchair ramp that was several hundred yards long in order to have the angle right so you didn't go slip sliding away on a wheelchair. Not fun, right? And so it seemed like an impossibility that I would have a wheelchair ramp because I was going to be in this wheelchair for two years. And then one day, out they come. My whole Sunday school class, they're building this giant, they, they bought the wood, they did it all, and they're out there nailing away, and I go out to my Sunday school teacher, whose name was Mike Ham, and I said, Mike, what's up with the man? I've never done anything like this for anybody. What did I ever do, you know, that you guys would do such a thing? And he said, Robbie, we would do it for so many other people, but they won't let us, and they rob us of the blessing. You know why they won't let him? Pride. They weren't lowriders, right? That, that, that pride stands in the way of me being able to receive, you know, what God has for me, what, you know, my friends have for me, and, and all these other things. And it's a whole, when you talk about the Jesus labor love, which is car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis, if those ladies or those single moms don't have that position of being okay to ask for help, they rob us of the blessing of praying for them, helping them, all that stuff. It, it takes great humility to admit you need help. And I always am thankful for all that, that, that take part in that. So just think about low riding for 2024 as we come back. I would love your thoughts. 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Wake up in the middle of the night. Ah, Santa, what are you doing in here? All my friends know the low rider. The low rider is a little higher. Jonathan Edwards and Daniel were low riders today on the Christian Car Guy show. That does tickle me. Anyway, uh, how about you? You know, as you look into 2024, 
you know, how low can you go, I guess, is the question. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And so, you know, obviously, I'm here with Bill, one of my favorite, you know, long-time, long-time guests. What did you start in 2006? I started when you, I, I did your third show. Yeah, then you started in 2006. That would have been in like March of 2006. So very good, very good. So uh, tell us your thoughts on low riding now that you've had a chance to really study the song. Hear Jonathan Edwards, not one of your favorite people, but. Well, it's the Puritans that I have a problem with. You remember back then the Puritans didn't allow any other Christian denominations to even live in their city. So if you weren't Puritan, you had about a week to get your fanny own out into the next You were impure. But he was the one that was fighting against that and was encouraging him to say, yeah, we really shouldn't be looking our, down our nose at all these other denominations. And that was the big problem with our country coming together, which each of the individual states had their own denomination and all the different denominations looked down their nose at all the rest of them. So he was a... a, a key pillar in the fact that the they were able to come together in philadelphia which is sort of where everybody that got kicked out of their other communities it's where everybody went because it was the city of brotherly love and they didn't check and demand that you were a particular denomination so in that respect i think the world of them um I think some people have a big problem looking down their nose, and we all have to fight that. I think there are also a lot of other people that think very small thoughts of themselves and are carrying around a great deal of guilt and are looking back in their lives and saying, I'm just, that they hear a recording that I'm miserable, I'm, I'm no account, I'm never going to amount to anything. I, I've always spent more time trying to encourage people to realize that that voice is not God. God's not telling you that you're a small person, that you're not a no account, and that you should beat yourself up over the things that have happened, that Jesus came so that repentance of sins would be preached in his name. But I do agree that once you've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've got to fight the concept that you're better than other people. You can't communicate with folks in a level that will encourage them to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you're coming from, from I'm, I'm better than you are, we've got to be willing to reach and help people up and encourage people. So um, interestingly, I put, you know, I, 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 to me, they ride in the same low position. Two right? horses hooked together, yes. Uh, sir. Yeah, they, they, they are. But again, what are you, you know, the question I have is what are you thinking out there? You know, it's the, the the listeners that I always think are the stars of this show. What story might you have along this line where you came to that realization like, oh, I don't have to earn this. And I've you've heard me perhaps tell the story of a wonderful lady from Arizona who needed a car for the homeless man, you know, right before Christmas there. And God did an amazing thing through the Jesus labor love and her prayers and her church and all that stuff, mostly her prayers and her church that provided um, that man, he got a job, he got a house and he got a car all right before. And he was totally like, wow. But interestingly, when she made that call for help that day on the Christian car guy show, I got a call the next day, which was a Sunday from a lady in Colorado. And this poor lady is essentially in bed based on two strokes and a, a, a aneurysm in her head, young lady, 
Um, I don't know her age, but I know she's talking about wishing she could have a family. And she is tormented, I mean tormented, by the fact that she has committed the unforgivable sin. And she, uh, I've talked to her, I guess, probably four times, prayed with her, I don't know how many times, asked the lady in Arizona to call and pray with her, uh, which was really good because the lady in in, in Arizona helped her some and and made some progress. Interestingly, the, the, the I really find this interesting. The thing that seems to help her the most is music. Like there's songs where people are singing from that same position of I don't think I'm worthy, and, and but then God shows Himself worthy, and and, I, and and sending her some of that stuff, and so that's part of the reason why I think, like man, and, and at some level she thinks that it was her performance or lack of performance of accepting God's love or accepting his, his, his faith and that kind of thing that has caused her to essentially grieve the Holy Spirit and she can no longer in any way, shape, or form receive God's grace. And Satan, in my opinion, is just beating her up with this fact that she lays there all alone. She has a caregiver, that, that, but other than that, she has few friends as way she's her family's you know, detached from her, and she's just taking this beating, right? And and to the same point that you have, like if you're if you're in a prison ministry, which I know you are, Bill, and those people are there in those same things. Like, and I see this anytime I go to the rescue mission. Why are you even talking to me? Do you not know who I am? You know, there are numerous places in the Old Testament where God says not only will He forgive repentance sin, He will forget our repentant sin. He says he will take our transgressions and put them in the deepest part of the sea where nobody can get to him. He will separate us as far as east is from west. He will put it behind his royal throne where nobody can get to it. In the Old Testament, it talked about how God wanted to allow us the ability to step away from our sins and our transgressions. And Jesus had to come because they just didn't understand that that was the message that was being taught from God. They kept thinking we had this royal king on on a throne in front of us keeping records of our wrongs. And Jesus came to say, we've got a daddy in heaven who loves us. Well, that was a beautiful thing when you think about it of Daniel's prayer, right? And if you read Daniel chapter 9, he goes on and on about how they have gone, fallen into idolatry and iniquity and our kings didn't listen to the prophets and we've done all sorts of shenanigans. But what does God do as he responds to Daniel is he literally tells him who's coming. Guess who's coming in a few more weeks, in, 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 in prophecy weeks, right? He, that's, the, that's the response to that prayer is, I got your answer, Daniel. And, and, and you're exactly right. It is going to be based on my mercy, not based on your righteousness, which is, is exactly what Daniel said in the end. He said, you know, I know that what you're going to do is based on your mercy because we're your kids, and they are his kids. And Jesus did come to the Jews. I mean, originally, that's that's who he came for. Of course, you know, fortunately, they went on to the Gentiles and all that stuff, but don't miss the fact that, that, that by all means, you know, Peter, James, and John, guess what? They're pretty Jewish, even Paul. <laughs> even Jesus. Right. Well, in my mind, a lot of people, a lot of us, get confused with I'm sorry versus I repent. So, you know, 
if all you are is sorry, I'm so sorry I got caught. I'm so sorry somebody saw me do this. I'm so sorry I keep doing this all over again. You, you get hooked up in that there isn't forgiveness there. The forgiveness comes from saying, I'm so sorry I'm going to do things different. I'm so sorry I'm going to make plans to make life different. I'm going to new, choose new friends to run around with. I'm not going to conduct this bad habit anymore. What Jesus came to te teach us was that if we repent, if we make those changes, that forgiveness comes and we don't have to beat ourselves up anymore over that. Right. We wake up in the middle of the night worried about something we've done in the past. Have we taken it to God and laid it at his feet and said, man, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing and I own it and please forgive me. And I'm not going to make that same mistake again, or I'm going to try really hard not I'm to. I'm going to push into you that makes the difference, that, that give me the strength to, to make the next move. And so I told you at the beginning, and I bet you're wondering, but maybe you're not wondering. Robbie said that this show was brought to you by the Hebrew letter Tav. Why did Robbie say that? Well, if you look in Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9, one of the most amazing things to my, from my standpoint is in verse 3, he sets himself to ask God these questions, right? That, that he later gets this answer to. Like, why are the people not? His basic question was, it's been 70 years. <laughs> you know, why is everybody still here? They're supposed to be going back to Jerusalem, right? And, 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 but listen, if you look in verse 3, how he sets himself with prayer and supplication before God, and, and he is, is expecting through faith to have an answer to what it is that he's doing. In other words, God, I trust you to the point that I am going to sit here until I get my answer, right? And when you look at the way he says prayer and supplication, there are unique ways to spell that. And they're unique from a standpoint of you won't find them in the Bible till the book of Job. And I find it fascinating to me that both he... In other words, both Daniel and David quote Job quite often. In other words, there's words that don't appear in the Bible until the book of Job, and they use those Job words because they, they, they pack a punch, and that punch is that letter Tav, okay? When you look at the word supplication, when you look at the word prayer in Daniel's prayer or in some of David's prayers in the Psalms is where you're going to find that particular spelling of the word prayer. And that Tav is telling you, it's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but it's kind of like God's stamp. And the Tav itself, you just got to bear with me here, man, I'll, I think it'll make sense for you. It is made up from the letters that make up Daniel's name, a Dalad and a Nun. You can hear the D and the N, Daniel, right? And L is God. So God is my judge is what Daniel means, okay? But the Dalad and the Nun put together like that, it has to do with judgment. And so the tribe of Dan which was the last tribe to go out in the desert, always, right? And well, those two letters make up the letter Tav. And that last tribe to go out in the desert had a lesson, that I mean, a plan that they were to do. There was to be no man left behind. Their job was to pick up the strays, to, to find the lost sheep, right? And so if you look at the last verse in the 119th Psalm, here David goes all through the entire Hebrew alphabet to give you this last verse, and it is, we like sheep have gone astray, seek thy servant, because we forget not thy commandments. In other words, why does he say that as the last thing in the 119th Psalm? Because of Dan. Because it is all our judgment, just like you're going into the prisons, 
Well, we're looking to do Jesus to labor love. In other words, we gotta we gotta have that kind of discernment, that kind of judgment to find that person who's the lost sheep, right? And, and to do what we can possibly do in the year 2024, in my opinion, like Daniel was doing. That's why he was with prayer and supplication. He was saying, God, we gotta get these lost sheep. They're all hanging out in Babylon and they're supposed to be getting Jerusalem, right? I mean, we can't get the Messiah if people don't go back to Jerusalem. He knew that. And so God gives them their prophecy based on that. But what's the idea? No one left behind. No one. And, and, and so, you know, to me, that letter Tav, which has to do with, again, if you look at it, it's in, in the word truth itself, which in Hebrew is emet, it ends in a Tav, right? You'll, you'll, you'll hear at the very beginning of the, um, uh, the scripture itself, the, the, the word in Hebrew is Bereshit, in the beginning. It ends in a Tav. The, the, the reason is, is from the beginning, from the very beginning, always, no man left behind. God wants, he's not willing that any would perish, right? And, and, and neither am I. And, I, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and in order to do that, I gotta be a lowrider. Because if I start thinking that these people don't deserve it, holy moly, right? We're in, we're in deep trouble. So I, I went to preaching, Bill, I'm sorry. I loved it, <laughs> I loved it. We'll be right back with your thoughts, 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Christian Car Guys Show. Today we're talking about Jonathan Edwards and Daniel were low riders. And the good news on that is that... uh, You know, as we go into 2024, hopefully, you know, we can pick up that. And uh, so, Nick, just a little technical issue right now. Bill's lost his headphones. Is it something that... We're all right. Are we okay? Just want to make sure we are broadcasting. We are broadcasting. Yes, we had technical difficulties, but we are all good now. Oh, so Bill is now hearing. That's good. All right. So getting on to the show, on with the show. So, again, we, we, we... as you look into 2024, when it comes to this issue of, of again, you know, that, la- that one man left behind or whatever, how can we pray for you? Is there somebody out there that you're concerned about? Is there somebody out there or a group of people that you're like, man, I wish somebody, you know, had a heart towards these people that God would raise that up. You know, essentially, like Daniel, he knew that the solution to the problem was not Daniel. <laughs> the solution to the problem was God. And, and, and he's going to be the one, essentially, that raises up the right person at the right time or raises up the person's heart to be able to receive the message, whatever that looks like. And so, like my friend in Colorado, I mean, that, that, that's going to require prayer on all of our parts. In fact, why don't I just pray right now, Bill, and we'll do that. So, Jesus, I thank you for this young lady in Colorado that called, and I, I do continue to pray for her situation that she wouldn't just keep getting beat up and, and that she would um, see that it's not based on anything she did or didn't do, but completely on everything that you did. And, and you can tell by everything she says she loves you, Lord. She wants to push into you. Lord, I pray you would show her the way to repent, like Bill said, truly be sorry for thinking she could do anything to earn what you did so marvelously. And I pray that she would accept 
um, the amazing gift that she would just have a peace and tranquility uh, uh, as she pushes in her relationship with you. And, and for those like that out there, Lord, I pray that you would raise up people to pray for them, to look for them, to come after them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, it, you all realize that you've got a lot less money when you come out of the grocery store and leave the gas station than you did a few years ago. Open your eyes to the fact that there are an awful lot of families and individuals that were just barely making it a year ago, and just the smallest bump in the world financially can throw people into a, a tailspin. There are a lot more people that are in need. And we need to have our radar on to be able to be in a loving and caring way to reach out and help those folks in our church, outside our church, and the homeless to see what we can do to make a difference in the lives of others. We've got the opportunity as Christians to make a big difference in the lives of others. What I'm saying to you is there are a lot more people that need a little bit of help in hand, that need to be reassured, that need some money out of our pocket. And the homeless in your communities need a lot more help than they have before because they're more of them. And I would encourage you to find ways in your small groups, in your churches, in your Sunday school classes to reach out to those communities and to see if there's an organization that some of your members are associated with or in your towns that are helping the homeless, that are helping the people that just got out of jail, and to use your contacts and your resources to make a difference in the lives of the people that are financially hurting in a very deep way right now. Right, which is the case, you know, obviously with what we're doing with the Jesus Labor Love. So your prayers are very much needed that, again, the people would, you know, a lot of the first problem is, Bill, people are not willing to admit they need help. And then they get in so far, it makes it three times more difficult, right? Like that person that didn't change their oil because they didn't think they had the money, right? And they kept putting it off and putting it off and putting the it engine off. engine light's been on, but it didn't start flashing or making a beeping sound. Right. It's the old, you can pay me now or pay me later. Well, that's going on with their insurance or it's going on, you know, people at their insurance. And before you know it, they're in so much trouble. It gets horrible. Right. I heard a story about a young man who let his health insurance lapse, um, then got bit by a copperhead. And the next thing you know, he's in debt for the rest of his life. Right. Um, well, while we're on that, real quick, I discovered that there's a whole lot more tax credit out there than there ever has been before. There are families that were buying their health insurance directly from Blue Cross Blue Shield and not through the exchange, uh, Obamacare, that if they had bought it, if they go ahead and buy it now through Obamacare, can get four or $500 a month in tax credits. This was all hidden in some of those uh bills that went through you got to stay on top of it because that money is going to disappear next year but if you're buying your health insurance directly through a health insurance company you got just a few days to call and find you a good uh aca insurance agent that can help you figure what out does aca mean that that's the official name for the obamacare so i had a blue cross blue shield plan and in my tax bracket, I never would have dreamed that I'd have qualified for any of those tax credits. But because of some changes that they made just for this year, there's some huge, I didn't take advantage of it for numerous reasons, but 
if you're buying your health insurance directly through Blue Cross Blue Shield or another health insurance carrier, you need to call and talk to somebody and see if it would be smarter for you to buy it this year through the uh, health insurance exchange. How did they find one of those people? Well, you can call the, the ACA directly, The but I would really recommend you find an agent that actually sells the ACA Obamacare plans and talk to somebody other than one of the federal employees. But either way, you need to see if that's something that would be better for you starting in February. And the cutoff is the 15th. You've only got to the 15th to figure it out. So what does ACA stand for? Do you know? Uh, right this second, I don't know. No. But apparently, and I, I know several agents have told me recently that they have really gotten busy on that. You know, and they were regular State Farm agents and, and nationwide agents and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you know, they, Afford- they're Affordable Care, care Act. Affordable Care, care Act. Yes. That's what it means. You're the hero, man, Nick. Way to go. Way to jump in there. <laughs> affordable Care. That's right, Bill. I was one of the very first navigators selling this stuff, and it just was not coming in my head. But thank you. Well, I, you know, that's a great piece of of information. Really, I was not aware of myself. There are people making up to $70,000 a year that would qualify for $450 worth of health care tax credit a month. So it, it's sort of bizarre that the news didn't get out to those that were already in a regular health insurance plan. Right. And, and so, yeah, you might just call the agent that you're getting it from. And ask them, and if not, and if they don't know, then because you know a lot of times you got to ask them if your your insurance is through the exchange or is directly through the health insurance company. You you need to see what the benefits are if you go through the exchange. And once again, it's got to be done by the fourteenth of this month. Really? So you got till the fourteenth. Fifteenth to cut off. And it's the Affordable Care Act, and again, that you know all that stuff. Is really helpful information. That's why I love having my Christian insurance guy on because I didn't even think about that. But you're exactly right that there's a lot of people out there that that four hundred dollars a month of tax credit would be a well, last year. The cutoff was like forty five thousand. If your house made more than forty five thousand, you didn't get any tax credits. It just blew me away that the that had changed up to the seventy five thousand dollar mark. Well, that is awesome, and we're so glad that you tuned in today, and hopefully that information is all helpful to you. And as we go into 2024, I hope, like me, that, that, that you'll consider low-riding a little bit and look for those people that are lost out there, look for those people that we don't want left behind, and by, by that I mean as far as grace is concerned, and, and have our ears up for ways that we can help. Again, always remember, slow down like the low-rider. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Thank you for listening. This is the Truth Network.